by the time you hear this podcast, you'll wonder, what happened to Justin Guarini? America has made their decision. Kelly, Justin. The winner of American Idol 2002 is... Kelly Clarkson. buddies come on up together kelly take a second and just no no seconds <laughs> sorry that was wild <laughs> <laughs> all right uh they'll give you a clues to what we're talking about tonight if you aren't following us on instagram and if if this is the first time you're hearing um you're hearing us and someone told you what the, you know listen to this and you have no idea what this is yeah, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. I really thought you were going to say, if this was a spoiler, <laughs> like a 20-year spoiler. Oh, <laughs> uh, welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we are here with another episode. Uh, thank you to everyone listening. What number? We had? Uh, this is number 35. Uh oh, all right, all right. Yeah, the Kevin Durant episode. I don't like him. I don't like him. Okay. He's um. solid. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's the playoff start this weekend. He's ready, right? Yeah. Good deal. Good deal. So this is, um, uh, yeah, episode 35. Uh, thank you to everyone who's been mm-hmm. listening. Um, I didn't, well, I had the stats pulled up somewhere. I took a screenshot, but we are over a thousand downloads. Okay. Okay. So someone's listening. <laughs> yeah. So someone is out there listening. Um, would you want to guess as to what our most popular downloaded episode is of the previous 34? Would it be our Because Five Atlanta artists? No. Is it one of our Because Five episodes? I've heard people like those. Um, I'm trying to find uh, trying to find the screenshot that I took of it. Um. Because if not, if not that, I have another idea of what it could be. Okay, uh, I'll I'll do our top ten. Okay, from ten to one. Number ten. Well, let me. I want to take one more guess at number one. Okay. Is it a rumors episode? No. Okay. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> number ten, uh, episode sixteen, keytars and jam sandwiches. That was our <laughs> Teddy Riley episode yeah. with Hawk Jones. Shout out. Uh, number nine, episode eight, cocaine and champagne. About our yacht rock. <laughs> uh, number eight, episode two. We gonna be all right. Really? Okay, that's the protest songs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number seven, episode eleven, because five, the '90s movie soundtracks. Nice, nice. Number six, 
episode 13, Bottled Water Problems, <laughs> about Woodstock 99 <laughs> and music festivals in general. Oh, man. Episode, uh, well, number five is episode one. Really? Just where we talked about topics? Yes, yeah. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh, number four, uh, episode seven, should they bring Paul wall, which was actually our episode <laughs> about Babyface. <laughs> uh, number three, episode 23, rap tofu about the Chris Brown soldier boy, quote unquote fight mm. with Lydia and Whitney. Number two, episode 21, because five songs of 2016. Really? That's number... Okay, okay, okay. And number one is episode nine, You Only Live Twice, where we talked about Bond themes. Nice. With Tim. Okay. So, Tim, you're on our most popular episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I may say, yeah. too, we got to figure out something to talk about Brandon with. Talk to him about... I don't know how to talk, but we got to get Hot Jones back on here. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he's a fun guest. I like him. We'll figure out something and I'll figure out my grammar. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, those are our 10 most popular downloaded episodes. Nice. Okay. Uh, we also have, or, well, most of our downloads are from the United States, but we also have some downloads from, uh, I believe Japan. Okay. Uh, Brazil, nice. South Africa, Russia. Yeah, I oh, know. No. They don't like us right now. See, <clears throat> I knew we may be getting some downloads from Russia. That's why we have to say the U stands for upstanding. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very upstanding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and of course, Canada and Mexico. So um, hey. someone uh, like people around the world are listening to our podcast. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's fun. Just fun to to know. Uh, and if you are listening to our podcast for the first time, uh, you can find us in a variety of ways. Um, you can check out our website by the time you hear this dot com. Mm -hmm. um, you can also uh, subscribe to our podcast on Podomatic, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, CastBox, <laughs> and the Satchel Podcast Player. Um, now, a lot of people may not be familiar with the Satchel Podcast Player. Um, but it is an app to where you can, uh, listen to podcasts that are produced in your area. Of course, like around the, around the world, but if you want to find out who's producing a podcast in your area, you can, uh, you have the, you have geography options. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's a neat little app to, to use there. And, um, you can follow us on Instagram. Mm -hmm. at by the time you hear this spelled with the letter U because we're upstanding. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that is the same spelling for our email address. By the time you hear this at gmail.com, uh, you can follow us also on Facebook, facebook.com slash by the time you hear this spell with the word you. And, um, that is the same spelling for our website. Mm -hmm. I think that's everything. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, we're going to get into some music news here as we do, uh, as normal in our first segment. So, um, this is the 20th anniversary of 
<laughs> I'm, I'm grinning ear to ear here. <laughs> As Ben called it, a a seminal album in yes. the pop rock genre and and post post uh, grunge, post grunge pop rock yeah. music. Um, of course, we're talking about the self titled Third Eye Blind album titled Third Eye Blind. Um, I mean, I don't I don't even know what needs to be said about this that hasn't been said by you know the greatest of the greats. Um, you know, from, you know, the, the poppy semi-charmed life to the sing-along jumper, um, you know, never a dull moment on this record, if you ask me. <clears throat> yeah. Um, even the, uh, you hear the song graduate in several, oh, yeah. uh, teen comedies produced in the late nineties, yeah. <laughs> early two thousands. That was, that wasn't a lot of them. Yeah. Um, jumper was one of those, that was one of those TRL hall yeah. of famers. Um, I think Sammy Trump like, well, I know Sammy Trump was a VH1 hall of famer. I think. Yeah. <laughs> that was a VH1 hall of famer, but, um, jumper was a TRL hall of famer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was where, um, I, well, I don't, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't know what else to, I Ben, yeah. of course you had, you would, you, oh, yeah, you have more in depth, um, well, I mean, insight I, into this album. I mean, hell just going track by track, you know, the first track losing a whole year, second narcolepsy, third being, uh, semi Trump life, then the jumper graduate, I believe after that burning man, um, I get kind of blank. After, I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember, I think, uh, thanks a lot, London. I want you. Um, it's like every song. So they didn't release every song as a as a single. Um, I think like some of their most popular songs though that were deep cuts are from that album. Motorcycle Drive By was really popular. God of Wine was really popular. Um, but it was just a really good album. Like their best album, in my opinion. I think the one that everyone likes the most. Um, I don't know. Like it was, and of course, I mean, I'm speaking in hyperbole. I mean, it's not, it's not a seminal, you know post-grunge album but i mean i think it's one of those albums where everyone knows at least a few songs from it many of the songs are in movies like you know jumper um was a big sing-along graduate and semi Trump life were in a ton of movies like i feel like semi Trump life was used in like movie trailers it was like they were a couple yeah you know like it was one of those um and it was like they had a success with that album they never quite duplicated and it's kind of sad no, I think like we, and we talked about this, uh, cause you introduced me to, um, to his music with the departure of Kevin Cadigan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was like the, would you say he was like the main songwriter? Well, he was more so the glue. So like him and him and, uh, or even the voice of reason, him and Steven Jenkins wrote a lot of stuff together. Um, and it was like he kind of kept Stephen Jenkins honest because Stephen Jenkins is kind of a, and Stephen Jenkins being the lead singer, kind of an egotistical type guy who thinks I can do no wrong. And Kevin Cadigan would come in like, yes, you can. Um, and so then like after he left, they started work, they started producing their own stuff. And like, if you get Stephen Jenkins in the studio, you know, at this point it was just him, the bass player and the drummer on the third album that had been the longest tenured members. No offense. No one listens to bass players. Let's just be honest. Just throw that out there. Um, and no one listens to drummers. So it was just him like, oh, no, let's do this. Oh, oh, let's do this. Let's make this song. Like there was no one there to tell them like, no, stop that. And like, they just kind of went off the rails, so to speak. All right. Uh, yeah, it's kind of sad. <laughs> that will be, um, well, it's gotta be a future episode to go more into 
the making of that album and what it meant to people. Yeah. And kind of how it may have kind of shaped um, prop rock bands going forward, mm-hmm. I think. So 20 years. Third makes Eye us Blind. feel old. <laughs> makes me feel so old. Yep. That was middle school for me, man. Like that's <laughs> what does that say about me? <laughs> um, another anniversary that has come up. Uh, there are documentaries about it. It's there are movies based loosely inspired loosely inspired by the events surrounding it. Um, still gets talked about oh, yeah. even today. Uh, it's the 23rd anniversary of the death of Kurt Cobain. Mm-hmm. Um. It's a, you always hear like there are two kinds of people in this world. Um, you know, it's the people who think he shot himself oh, and those who think Courtney Love did it <laughs> and not even like, oh, like that someone shot him. No, Courtney Love shot him. Yeah. That's what yeah. some people may believe. Um, you know, there's a documentary on Netflix about it. Really? Yeah. About him, her shooting him? Yeah, like the theories that, that people have that she may have done it. Oh, God. What, to, to, to further the career of Hole? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's, I don't know. I guess I don't know enough surrounding Well, you know, him. was it, like, Hole became a little more popular yeah. in the years after that. Was that a coincidence? <laughs> I don't know, but... I mean, it's, that's what I'd always heard so that her career could be furthered. You know, it, there may be some, you know, and then it's, it starts to get ridiculous if, you know, so I know I'm sure someone's made a YouTube video talking about, was it the Illuminati, oh, the Illuminati involved? Uh, Cause Kurt Cobain wouldn't adhere to the strict guidelines or whatever, you know? <laughs> well, have you seen, was, was it an episode of family guy where like Kurt Cobain didn't kill himself and like, they like, um, they ask Courtney Love about her career and she kind of cringes. Because, like, Kurt Cobain's still around, so she has no career. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's sad. Maybe that's why. But, yeah. Um. So, yeah, the 23rd anniversary, the death of Kurt Cobain. Um, I'm sure you can find a clip on YouTube if uh, more. Well, it'll be from, from MTV News. Yeah. You know, Kurt Loader is. Mm-hmm. I can't believe he's in his seventies. Yeah. I thought he was much younger. He hides as well. Maybe he's uh, a vampire too. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, just to get the uh how it was felt at the time mm-hmm. because of who Kurt Cobain was, like he was we, we you could say he was as big a star as what Michael Jackson was at the yeah. time. He was huge. I mean and not only was he huge, he defied, as you kind of just said, the Illuminati. He defied the um, the stereotype of a pop star. Yeah. And on top of that, he didn't want to be a pop star. Yeah, like, he, he kind of, he, he was, it. yeah, he kind of shunned fame. Uh, he didn't want to be seen as the voice of a generation. Yeah, he didn't want it at all. Even though that's, and then that just continued. <laughs> People just continue to say, it's like, but don't say that about me. But you are. Yeah, but the I'm, more he resisted, no, the more uh, yeah. they persisted. You know, and did that lead to his death if it was indeed a suicide? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there are a lot of documentaries out there. There's a film called Last Days, which was loosely based on. Is that the Gus Van Zandt movie? Yeah. Okay. So um, you can look at that to get something more um, more in depth just to, you know, get some insight about yeah. about that time. Um, yeah, definitely sad, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
some more sad news. Uh, um, Jay Giles of the Jay Giles band passed away this week. Yeah. Don't, don't do I'm it. I'm not, I'm not going don't to do it. I'm not going to. That's why I, I, in my head, I'm not going to say it. Um, Jay Giles band known for, I know the other song centerful, but there's another song I feel freeze like that was, was in freeze frame. Yeah. Um, so I want to think he might've yeah. been a little bit more popular back then. Cause, um, Chris's mom, we were talking to his mom once mm-hmm. about just rock stars. I think this was on Facebook. She chimed in. She was like, Oh man, I love me some Jay Giles band. I'm like thinking like other than their two hits, what did they have? Like was, well, they also had the song "Love Stinks." Love stinks. That, yeah. Oh, that's them. Which you? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which you may have heard um, performed in "The Wedding Singer." Okay. <laughs> that's in some commercials too, right now. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that was them. Okay. So um, popular in the late seventies uh, and in the early eighties, Centerfold was one of those MTV mm-hmm. early MTV staples. Yeah. Um. So uh, Jay Giles passed away this week. Uh, may he rest in peace. Um, also this week. Uh, uh, hold on just a moment. Is that all your notes? Okay. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> I, I barely wrote anything down. Oh, Um. Well, before we get to um, the award announcements, we always update you on the charts. So number one on the Hot 100 this week, once again, is The Shape of You by Ed Sheeran. But uh, for those Kendrick Lamar fans out there, um, as of this recording, his album comes out tomorrow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But his single Humble debuted at number two, which is, I believe, the highest debuting uh, rap single ever. Really? Ever? Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I think so. Or it's the highest debut since like Drake or something like that. I don't know. I feel like Kanye stronger debuted at number one. Maybe, maybe not. I know it eventually went number one, but I think it debuted there too. I don't know. Let's see. Um, but, in uh, seven years, it says here. So in seven years, let me see who the. Okay, so the highest debuting uh, rap single in seven years. Oh, okay. So the uh, other one was uh, last one was "Love the Way You Lie." Eminem. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, congratulations to Kendrick Lamar there. I'm sure his album is going to be number one next yeah. week. <laughs> titled what? Damn. That's all. Yeah, simply titled <laughs> "Damn." Period. <laughs> like it's a sentence. Um, he also, he will have, I know he has a song with Rihanna on there and a song with you too. Oh, that's cool. So, okay. um, you can look forward to that. Um, so Ed Sheeran, th- this, this is the end. Well, at least for now. Yeah. Until probably until his tour that. starts. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, so if you're on Spotify or Apple music or. I don't know if I, I don't think people do the waiting outside of the record store anymore. anymore I don't think that's no. been done in like at least 15 years. Do they wait up at night <laughs> for midnight to strike and they can yeah. stream it? That's what they do now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you can look out for that. Um, so, uh, since we brought up, brought up billboard here, the nominations for the billboard music awards are out. Um, 
Uh, okay, here we go. So, uh, Billboard, uh, their awards ceremony will be on May 21st. I have no idea who's hosting it, um, if that matters. <laughs> but, uh, all right, here we go. So, some of the, they, they don't do it like the Grammys or the, or the MTV or the VMAs. Um, well, kind of, it's probably closer to the VMAs rather than the Grammys. So, they have the top artist award um nominees uh adele beyonce justin bieber the chainsmokers drake ariana grande sean mendez rihanna 21 pilots in the weekend mm-hmm. does it have a host i'm looking like trying to find i don't see a host at all i, I don't know and yeah so as far as most nominations of course the uh the um Nickelback you didn't you didn't announce them man the EDM, oh, sorry the Nickelback, the Nickelback of, EDM, of EDM the Chainsmokers um are tied with Drake for twenty two nominations each um and it's I almost I almost feel like it's not fair like I feel like neither one of these artists take any time off like Drake especially like yeah he he released I feel like he releases an album every, every six to nine months yeah. And then the Chainsmokers are just like constantly throwing out singles. Yeah. Until what they just released recently. And they, they released, just an released a new album. Yeah. Uh, Rihanna's kind of the same way. She, mm-hmm. I know for like an eight year stretch, she released eight albums. Mm. And then she took a year off. Then, really, <laughs> then released another. <laughs> so she, she doesn't. Um, so she stays busy, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and while on the other hand, you have Adele who's released three albums over 10 years yeah it takes her time it just takes her time um so the, yeah they're so yeah. these um the categories are interesting it's like one two three four five six seven eight nine ten people in the top artist category yeah um there really seems to be no rhyme or reason to how many people they put in each category yeah um you have a top new artist award um alessia cara designer lil uzi vert lucas graham and zane Mm-hmm. Um, so Chance the Rapper, who won Best New Artist uh, at the Grammys. <laughs> I'm sure he's broken up. <laughs> he won't get it. <laughs> uh, the Billboard Chart Achievement Award. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what that means. It says Well, it says fan voted, but it's it's all over. Like Luke Bryan. Luke Bryan, yeah. Chainsmokers, George Nicki Minaj, on. The Weeknd, and 21 Pilots. Uh, top male artist, uh, the aforementioned Bieber, Drake, Mendez, The Weeknd, and also Future. Mm-hmm. And top female artists, Adele, Beyonce, Ariana Grande, Rihanna, and Sia. I hope Ariana Grande wins that one. Uh, top duo or group, the Nickelback of EDM, the Chainsmokers, Coldplay, Florida Georgia Line, Guns N' Roses. What? <laughs> is that a typo <laughs> and 21 pilots uh what one of did, these things is not like the other what did guns and roses do i i don't know uh, all right fair <laughs> um top billboard 200 artist beyonce drake prince 21 pilots and the weekend hmm. Hmm. Uh, okay uh top hot 100 artists uh I'm not sure what that means either. Some, uh, like on, in the top <clears throat> Billboard 200, like as far as albums in the top 200 or 
most weeks spent in the Maybe. top 200 most singles who knows i feel like some of these are like already predetermined if you're just going by numbers i think so yeah um which is what i feel like we have the american music awards for but you know yeah, yeah. uh top song sales artists top radio songs artists top streaming songs artists top social artists yes Okay, see, now it's getting into the iHeart. Yeah, exactly. And as I was reading this, I was like, this feels like the top rap tour, top country tour. Um, tour of course, top country artists, I'm pretty sure that the uh, the Nickelback of country, Florida Georgia Line, will win that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, this is. Okay, so this is funny. Top Christian artist, Lauren Dague. I, we went to school with somebody named Lauren Dague, and I thought that was her. Oh. And I was like, she can't sing. <laughs> I was like, how did she get famous? Yeah, some of these are very. Um, I'm so I'm scanning through to see if I see top fan army, <laughs> like they have with the iHeartRadio nominations, because I think that'd be very funny if they did, and they don't have it. So that's good. So uh, look out for the uh, top uh, for the Billboard Music Awards. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, I do feel like it's all predetermined by just the sheer numbers. Um, uh, Rihanna does have an opportunity to pass Taylor Swift for the most wins. Um, I don't think she cares. Yeah. At least not as much as Taylor Swift does. Do you think if she, well, I mean, that would be, that would be really petty. But what does Taylor <laughs> Swift have to write about right now? I mean, we know there's going to be a song about Tom Hiddleston on her next album. <laughs> is she going to run out of ideas? So she has to resort to if like Rihanna broke her record or something. So she's going to trash Rihanna in a song um, or whatever. I'm just rambling right now. <laughs> well, no, because I'm thinking like, do they care or I mean, I don't know. That'd be weird. Um, So. Yeah, we'll give her that. I don't. I don't know who's hosting or anything like that. Yeah, I can't find it. Maybe they don't. Maybe there is no host. <laughs> now, uh, this may not be considered a great um, achievement compared to "Will I Am" song being played in on Mars, <laughs> but uh, British DJ Paul Oakenfold, one of the one of the legends, the legendary DJs, um, hosted the highest party on Earth. Um, literally not, not like there was no drugs involved, at least not as as I know of (laughs) rolling, (laughs) but, uh, he spun a set at the base camp of Mount Everest, which sits at 17,600 feet for those who weren't sure. I wonder how they got all of his stuff up there. Does it say, um, uh, doesn't say as far well from what I've seen so far, not yet, but, uh, um, parts of the performance were on Facebook Live. He also plans to release a live album and a documentary chronicling the the performance and the track. So you'll probably see in that how he got how the, uh, the stuff got up there. Yeah, they're probably not going to tell you just so they can make you watch it. <laughs> um, and this is the first installment of his new soundtrack series in which he'll stage performances in unexpected places around the world. Now, see, I, I like that. And did you ever see the show Music in High Places? No. 
that's what this reminds me of. Um, there was a direct TV, and that might be why you never saw it. Yeah. Um, it was a direct TV <laughs> series called Music in High Places, and they take these famous artists and place them in like exotic locations around the world. So, um, like one of the episodes I saw was Brian McKnight. He was in like just some like Asian country or something, and they like just film him playing the song. Um, Collective Soul, I think, was in Morocco. They went into like the middle of Moroccan like marketplace played a song the calling like all these just different bands they just put them in these odd places where you wouldn't perform normally and they play a song typically with acoustic guitars and stuff and i thought it was pretty cool and that's what this makes me think of okay uh it may be the same concept yeah. here as uh he'll showcase music from each location he goes to and highlighting critical issues facing local communities okay so music with a message yeah, yeah. so he'll be donating his funds uh, from the Everest performance to the Himalayan Trust and supporting Nepal's children, which are both assisting survivors of the 2015 earthquake in Nepal. And he's also gifting his DJ equipment to that local community. Nice. This is um, interesting. Just reading about, you know, apparently he had to train to do this. <laughs> To hike up there. Well, yeah, if they, if, they, if you, if you're already hiking up there, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, definitely some, um, some training had to, had to be involved yeah. just to, just to go up there. And now you're going to play a set. You're playing at least three miles above sea level. Mm-hmm. Air gets uh, thin. Yeah. Four months training, um, gave up booze and caffeine, um, 9.30 PM bedtimes. We didn't have shows. Um, cause he was getting up at 6am to train <laughs> <laughs> to do this. That's insane. So no, that's, you know, props to Paul Oakenfold. Yeah. Um, and, uh, for those who want to see him live, um, and doing any shows, he will be, he has the generations world tour with a uh, North American leg that starts later this month in Cleveland through the spring awakening music festival in Chicago. So you'll be able to see him perform live. It won't be the same as Mount Everest, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think this, that's a pretty cool project that he's working on. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see what else we got here. Do you have anything after, after that? Um, I don't know. You know what? It's actually not that simple to just refresh it. Um, cause I had to, oh, oh, well, let's see if this, this will work. I had to open it in pages cause I don't have word anymore and it won't let me quit. Okay. So, <laughs> um, we had the rock and roll hall of fame induction last uh well earlier this week last well was, earlier this week i was gonna check and see what hbo said <laughs> <laughs> um so the we talked about the inductees previously you know um headlined by i guess who would be the headline would it be tubac would he be the headlining inductee i would think maybe whoever was biggest in their career um tupac was big i mean i can't think of really anyone that was bigger than um um than Tupac. I mean, Journey was popular, but I don't know if they were bigger than Tupac. Yeah, Journey, yes, ELO. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, ELO. I mean, not many people. See, that's the thing. 
unless you said their name out, there's a lot of people out there who don't know who ELO is unless you say their name <laughs> out. <laughs> so that shows you how big they weren't or were or whatever. But yeah. And uh, honoring uh, also now Rogers was honored. Um, Pearl Jam too, right? And Pearl Jam. Pearl yeah. Jam was inducted. Yes. Um, and like as we mentioned before, uh, when talking about the Hall of Fame inductees, there's always that band and you wonder, are all the members going to show up? <laughs> you know, are the, the most the most prominent guy who may have left the band, is he going to show up? So uh, Steve Perry was there mm-hmm. <laughs> for Journey. Um, Thank God. Like- <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was there. Also, I believe all the members of Yes mm-hmm. uh, were there as well. Um, and, uh, of course, you know, if social media gets their hands on something, they're going <laughs> to run with it. So of course, uh, T I dressed as, um, Tupac in one of his most well-known pictures in which he's wearing a leather corset, um, and his trademark bandana. Mm-hmm. So T I dressed similar to that. Uh, but. The jeans from 1995 are not the same as the jeans in 2017. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was a little, I mean, we can't expect it to be note for note, but, um, it was just funny to see because it, it actually looked a lot more awkward than, um, than expected. But, um, on a future episode, probably the next couple of episodes, we'll look at the performances and, yeah. and go a little more in depth about the about the bands and their and their legacy. Um, are they deserving and kind of get into who's left out? Um, that actually would be a good episode, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did see uh, someone post a video on Facebook of certain women that have not been inducted mm-hmm. and that have been eligible for a really long time. Uh, such as Nina Simone, mm. uh, Stevie Nicks, Cher. Stevie Nicks isn't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? No, not as a solo artist. Is Fleetwood Mac? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. I just assumed she was in as, <laughs> yeah. as a solo artist. Um, also, Carol King and um, um, Carly Simon are not in. <sighs> oh. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, that's a little um, different. Okay, <laughs> I just I just assumed they were in there, but okay, huh. they are not. So um, definitely in a future episode, that's something we can get into. Yeah. Um, anything else yeah. we can talk we can talk about here? Uh, I mean, if there if there's any new music, I'm trying to think, but we kind of talked about that though at the Kendrick Lamar. Well, yeah, with um, Kendrick Lamar's album is coming out, uh, new music from Harry Styles. His single was released. And he's announced Uh, his um, track listing and everything. Yeah, his album is coming out May 12th. That's what's been announced so far. Uh, Gorillaz has some new music. Um, TLC. TLC has a new single. Uh, It'll be their first. They're working on an album. It'll be their first one that will not include any vocals from Left Eye. Um. Also, new music from uh, Jack White, uh, Father John Misty, who I have no idea who that is, but I hear his name a lot. You said he was going to compare it to uh, Nick Nick, Nick Drake. Drake. Yeah. Take that for what it is. I don't know yeah. how that works in this day and age. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, Kevin Gates has some new music as well. Mm. So... Um, 
check out new, the new music Friday list, or you know, if you look at other playlists where new music is released. Yeah. Um, I don't think anything, none, nothing is really as anticipated. I guess as Kendrick Lamar. Damn. <laughs> Just uh, love that title. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that'll be something for a lot of people to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Uh. And with it coming out, it's probably going to be nominated for Album of the Year mm-hmm. at the Grammys. So it'll be going head-to-head with Ed Sheeran, I'm sure. The Ed Sheeran. The Ed Sheeran. The most influential artist in black, in black music, music. Ed Sheeran. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's how you kind of make it. Or it's like, well, it wasn't about race because Ed Sheeran clearly is the most influential artist in black music. So, you know, and he's got red hair and he's British and all these other things. <laughs> Ed Sheeran. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Well, one more thing we could uh, mention here. Um, Lil Wayne has announced he's a member of Rock Nation. Oh, yes, he did. He did. Um, Which I so, yeah. read some people thought that he already was. But um, here we are. <laughs> um, yeah. But it may have ended up being a false alarm. Uh, so uh, two years ago, he announced he had signed a deal with Jay-Z and people thought he had signed with Rock Nation then, but he actually just secured a partnership in title. Mm. Um, but he may have actually signed with Rock Nation this time. Uh, of course, there's been the documented issues of his uh yeah they won't release his stuff his issue with with cash money not releasing his uh material um and uh he did say like in a at a show he said when you see me it's y m r o c so that's young money <laughs> rock nation so um yeah, so if he signed with Rock Nation, there'll be some new Lil Wayne possibly coming out that uh, people can enjoy. So let's know what you think about that as far as Lil Wayne teaming up with Jay-Z. Um, that ought to be yeah. interesting. Yeah. So, um, oh yeah, one, one more, uh, one, another one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, the annual Make Music Day Festival mm. will return this year on June 21st with over 4,000 free events. That is shows, music lessons, and jam sessions in 50 cities around the country. And it's a festival for people who um, who enjoy music and want to learn music um, at any skill level. Uh, and it's aim to be a collective, a collaborative activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll have um, in a number of cities around the country, uh, such as Atlanta, Chattanooga, Minneapolis, New York, and Philadelphia, because that's what the cities are the listed. The li- those are <laughs> list of cities in this article. Um, but there'll be free, um, free concerts and shows and music lessons, of course. Um, and there'll also be a lot of impromptu performances uh set up around the country. So um several of the year's events are tailored to honor the history of specific locations, such as in New York, 
there will be an Ella Fitzgerald tribute performed at the National Jazz Museum uh, and also in her neighborhood in Los Angeles. Hmm. Uh, people will be invited to sing her tunes <laughs> um, with help from a live pianist. Okay. And in Madison, Wisconsin, singers will remember Otis Redding near the lake where his plane crashed in 1967. Is that a good idea? Oh, it's kind of depressing. But yeah. yeah well, why not his home in Georgia? Yeah. <laughs> He's from Macon, right? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, okay. You know, do y'all. Um, <laughs> so. He was supposed to perform at my dad's high school, but he died. Mm-hmm. And the my dad tells a story that um, <laughs> this is right after he died, and Otis Redding is supposed to come, and the student council president stands up and says, uh, "So Otis Redding isn't going to be coming, and I uh, think we all know why." <laughs> That's terrible. Hey, you know she was in high school, so what you going to do? <laughs> um, they'll also be uh, used as a tool for activism. Uh, in Boston, Chicago, and Cleveland, performances will be dedicated to racial justice. And in El Paso, local players will perform with Mexican musicians to make music on either side of the border. That's pretty cool. Uh, this was uh, something that began in France in 1982. Oui, la fête de la musique. Yes, and now it takes place in more than 750 cities around the world. Um to include 120 countries and you can go to their website, which is makemusicday.org to get more information. I think it's going to be, uh, sounds like a whole lot of fun. Yeah. And just as a rough interpretation of what that means, just means, well, I mean, unfet means party. They're saying festival, but like just party of music, festival of music. Yeah. Um, so there will be, uh, links or references to, um, most of the, news that we referenced in this episode. Um, oh yeah. So it will have like, is it like more specific activities for each city? So yeah, I'm on the website here. Every single, um, city has their own page, like a link to the page. And then it gives you a listing of everything that they're doing. So you can look, so like it's loading up a map of Atlanta and it'll show you where each little thing's going to be. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that will do it for our music news segment. Um, sponsored by nobody. Um, <laughs> so, uh, well, speaking of Spotify, uh, we'll have another entry into our BTT YHT earworms. And as normal, Ben will go first. Going to go with a gentleman named Hudson Thames, and the name of the song is I Can't Stop. Let me pull it up here. It's called I Can't Stop. Yeah, let me make sure I got the, the title right. Mr. Hudson Thames. No, I'm sorry. It, that's in the chorus. It's called Our Song. Our Song. Mm-hmm. Okay. Our song by Hudson Thames. It is from his EP Lip Tricks, which also has a song from Haley Stanfield. Really? On there. Um, and he's doing he's doing skateboarding tricks too, lip tricks. 
That's a lip. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool. <laughs> um, I think uh, there was an article. I don't know if um, I have a friend who's a uh, like a movie, like a film critic. Mm-hmm. I think it was. I don't know if he wrote it or he just shared it on Facebook. Like in Haley Steinfeld act. I, I don't know. Uh, was she is she an actress? Right? Yeah, I didn't know that. She was in. Um, well, she's an Academy Award nominated actress. Shut up, she bro. was in True Grit, the the True Grit remake. Oh God, I'm supposed to watch that. Well, I mean, not first like an assignment or something, but like I've been meaning to watch that for a few years. Yeah, like six years or so. <laughs> I've been meaning to watch. That. <laughs> she was <laughs> she was in that and um, The Edge of Seventeen. I don't think I've seen that. I've yeah. even heard of that. It came out last year. It's actually pretty funny. Okay. Um, Named after the Stevie Nicks song, I assume. Yeah, the okay. song was not played in the movie at all, though. Probably I don't think. Get the rights. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, Hudson Dames, our song from his EP Lip Tricks, and we will be right back. That is Hudson Thames, our song from his EP Lip Tricks. Pretty sure that came from my Spotify Discover. Thank you, Spotify. 
that's a low that's look you guys I, you know I think people should always try to find new music oh yeah uh, and not be dictated about what's played on the radio mm-hmm. and you know I'm I'm a definitely a Mr. anti-radio anti-radio <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh, definitely your discover weekly playlist yeah. is um, and it's free yeah. of ch- well I mean Spotify is not free but like that list is free like they put it together for you based on what you listen to like I know so many people that have Spotify that don't use that. I'm like, come on. Like, worst case, you hear some new music you don't like. Best case, you hear some new music that you love. And more often than not, I hear music I like. So I, I don't know why people don't use that list. It's a good list. Okay. Spotify just tried to play something else that I did not care to <laughs> listen to. Um, I was trying to find who would be our uh um indie instagrammer of the week all right um who's this all right well we have a like from um oh wait he's part of the free nationals shout out to the free nationals um they uh they're at Anderson Pack's band. Oh, okay. Ooh. They follow us. And um, they're currently on the 24 Carat Magic World Tour. Okay. Is, An- is Anderson Pack on that tour too? Or are they yeah. just backing? Okay. I didn't know if they're backing someone mm-hmm. else. Okay. That's pretty cool. Um, Let's see if this guy is on here. Yeah, I always, I always go just to check to see who's liking stuff and who's following and um hawk shout out to hawk jones who i feel like he's always trying to keep us in the know with new music yeah um definitely appreciate that um are i guess are we big enough to say friend of the show can we say that <laughs> uh, we can say it anyway fots friend <laughs> of the show <laughs> we'll say that anyway what show is it does bomani jones do that friend of the show there's some show i listen to where they, they say that a lot friend of the show i don't know i can't remember yeah, um, I don't think he'd ever listen to us because of other things, but yeah, no. Shout out to Bomani Jones if you ever if you ever listening. So uh, this week, this person, uh, I don't think his this this isn't the same stuff that's on Spotify, mm. but uh, his name is Ivory. Um. Yeah, <laughs> this is Ivory. You can follow him on Instagram at Ivory J I V O R I E J. Um, and uh, his website is IvoryMusic.co. And um, he has three songs here. We're gonna pick one. Uh, let's explain the rules one more time for the Indie Instagrammer of the Week. <laughs> If you like one of our posts on Instagram and uh, you are a musician, we will play one of your songs and uh, we'll discuss what we had just heard. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. uh, we are um, at his website now. So we're going to pick one of these songs here. We have uh, So Rude, Satellites, and Loving You. Oh man, those all sound like they could be covers. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, man. His, he describes himself as an alternative alchemist. Yeah. Um, why not satellites? All right, satellites. Let's see what satellites sound like. Is it Dave Matthews? I'm hoping Brand or Mortals. Uh, but I, I, I doubt it. I doubt that. <laughs> so this is Satellites by Ivory. If it will play. There we go. This was not what I was expecting. I'm pleasantly surprised. Good production, but hard to discern the sections of the song. It's a nice voice. Yeah, I think that's the chorus. Not a lot of fanfare to it, but. That might be my only, and honestly, I think if he took out that sitar in the background and put that only in the chorus, it might be a little bit more discernible. Because there's not much that happens when the chorus comes in. There's typically in a song you want something to symbolize when your chorus is coming, and there's nothing there. Like in most rock music, oh, there's distortion. Oh, here comes the chorus. Distortion on the guitar. Um, with most hip hop or like are like you know R and B music like kind of what this is, you might have like um like I know one real popular one was like you know put in like a reverse crash symbol. That kind of signals the chorus or like I know in like old nineties R and B like they might throw the wind chimes in when the chorus is about to come. Just something to signal like there's a change. Other than that, I thought it's, I mean it's well produced. He's got a nice voice. What do you yeah, think? It's um it's one of those um. It's kind of a um, a signal of where like R and B music is going, mm -hmm. um, to where uh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of trip hop influence, mm -hmm. electronica influence. Yeah, um, you know, it's it just seems like a lot of people just started listening to someone like Portishead <laughs> or Morchiba. Yeah or thievery corporation and started putting that into their music or, or Daft Punk as well. Yeah. Um, you probably think about the people producing it probably grew up on stuff like that. Cause I mean, yeah. like, honestly, um, my parents didn't listen to, you know, didn't listen to anything outside of, you know, R and B and soul coming up. 
if you think about this generation, like we're being exposed to so many because we're, we're, you know, being exposed to different cultures. The Internet shrinks the world. And as a result, you know, we're hearing all these different types of music. And we're like, you know, putting them in. I mean, hell, I mean, even you and I, when we were younger, um, when you told me about Portishead from what was it, Angus, the movie Angus. You said they had to move. Oh, no, it's Magic Star. I'm thinking of Fade. It was Magic Star. But just, but like, you just like a lot of these bands you told me about. So like, you know, you meet people of different backgrounds who have, I don't know. Like I I learned about Portishead because I watched, I watched MTV two more than MTV. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, that's about Portishead and Morchiba. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just like shrink the world. It's easier to get information now. Yeah. People are just diverse, you know? Yeah. Especially R and B. And I like that, that like all of these different influences are coming into R and B. Yeah. All right. So, uh, you can check out Ivory uh, at Ivory J on Instagram and IvoryMusic.co on the interwebs. Co. I wonder if that's. Hmm, I wonder why just Co. I don't know. Um. Well, he's from Virginia, according to his bio, and he's inspired by artists such as Frank Ocean, mm. Amy Whitehouse, Kimbra. James Blake and Erica Badu. Okay, okay. I could definitely hit the Erica Badu influence in there. Who I don't think I still don't think she gets enough credit for what she did. No. <laughs> she was so good. Yeah. She's still with us, Ben. Well, I mean, like <laughs> I always say I said that once about like, oh man, Babyface was such a good writer. And someone's like, Is he dead? Like did he, <laughs> Is he I thought he was still alive. I'm like, I, you, you know what I meant? Like, because I mean, does she still I know I think she still releases music, right? Yeah, just um, not on large scale anymore. I, I, yeah, she's more indie now. Yeah. Her album, um, is it called? But you can't use my phone because she did that one video too, where she was, um, where JFK got shot in Dallas, and she's walking and she's stripping. Yeah, as she's walking. That was that was from 2010. Yeah, that's old. But her, uh, she had a mix. She has a mixtape, but you can't use my phone. Okay. That came out in 2015. It is on Spotify, but I I just think it was, that was her, um, no, it was released on Motown. Hmm. So, but she's, um, well then also if you, just because I was looking, just looking at what, when did, um, her mixtape come out? Uh, you also see on Spotify when they're coming near you. Oh, okay. So she will be at the Wolf Creek Amphitheater. In on May nineteenth oh, with Ro the, James and Diggle Planets. That's the old I think folks. that's for the um. Is it like the ATL Funk Fest? Is that I what it's know. called? I know it's a mu- I know it's a music festival, so I'm not going. Yeah, that's where um, all of the. Um, <laughs> that's where like all the old black folks go for their concerts. Wolf Creek Amphitheater. <laughs> it's on the south side, like near East Point, and like mm-hmm. every time there's a concert there. It's some sort of throwback. It's like, oh man, come see the whispers. It's like, <laughs> or J- it's Jeffrey Osborne. Is, I would be surprised. Just goes out there and sings like um, every time I'm back in love again. He just sings it a few times. Oh, and he and he ends every show with the woo song. Yeah. Is that it? Is that how it goes? <laughs> oh man, he, he can't play the LTD songs. There's a uh, there's he lawsuits. Might. There's lawsuits. <laughs> Oh, well, are they allowed? I don't know. I'm just making that up. <laughs> I'm just thinking of any artist that like can't play their own. Like they can only like do the stuff they band, do. Yeah, they can't play. They can it. only do their solo. Stuff. Only do their solo stuff. It's like no, you can't do this. No, 
You can't that do nothing from the spinners. Like you can't. That reminds me. I know we're getting like a little even further off topic right now, <laughs> but that reminds me of. Um, I want to do an episode about um, specifically techno rap, as far as like CNC Music Factory oh, and yeah. Snap, yeah, bands like that. There's a story that Freedom Williams, were, who did, who was the rapper yeah. on uh, for CNC Music Factory, um, on uh, Everybody Dance Now. He started uh, like touring as Freedom Williams of CNC Music Factory. Mm-hmm. That was fine. Yeah. But if he if he's promoting himself as Freedom Williams, formerly of CNC Music Factory, but he was saying that he was CNC Music Factory, mm. and they didn't like that. They didn't. They didn't like that. But through some some loopholes, he was legally able to do that. So now, um, one of the, from CNC Music, right? It's Clive Ellis and Cole. One of them passed, um, maybe like 20 years ago, mm-hmm. but the other guy is trying to get the name, do I get the right to use the name so he can, um, so he can do the, the, you know, the nostalgia tour, yeah. be on the nostalgia tour circuit. Um, but Freedom Williams is like. It's like he's like one step ahead, <laughs> but it's just, but it, it looks bad more on Freedom Williams because like, okay, one, you were just on those couple of songs mm-hmm. and then you tried to go solo, uh, <laughs> as a rapper that like, no, no one wants to hear yeah. any Freedom Williams bars. <laughs> so, um, and then he like went away for a while. I think he was like a personal trainer or something like that. I could see that. And then he, yeah. <laughs> then he came back and, and then he's like touring and now he's saying he's freedom Williams of CSC music factory. And I think there was some kind of injunction mm-hmm. for him to like not promote himself like that. Yeah. But he kind of, I don't know if he got around it or he just blatantly like ignored it oh. and just kept going. <laughs> um, so I mean that's some that's something I would also like to get into. Um, all I can think about is yeah. come and pet the pussy. That's all yeah. I can think. Of. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've just seen yeah. him walk in that video. <laughs> Sorry, but he looked like oh, he nailed it. He nailed yeah. the look. Yeah, he nailed the look. It was good. Okay. If you go back and listen to our fear of a black hat episode called uh, "We Wasn't in Town" when that happened. <laughs> no, we wasn't town. Fear of a black hat is so that is like a criminally underrated yeah. film. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, so go ahead and check that out. Um, well, let's get into our main topic. I'm getting salty. Just think about it. <laughs> just, just hold on. Uh, hold on for a second. It's like, I'm, uh, Ben's in a cage and I'm about to let him out. Um, <laughs> so we started the show with the announcement of the first winner of American Idol, which was Kelly Clarkson. Um, who I, from what we discussed before we started recording was the, really the only true superstar or even a star. I mean, yeah. there, I mean, there are a couple other names that people know, mm-hmm. but she was the only, well, I would say only true pop star, the only true pop star yeah. to come from American Idol. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and the show itself became a, 
uh, it kind of started the like bringing back the talent show yeah. format to television. Yeah. You know, the, the, you know, uh, star search had been off the air for a yeah. long time and it actually came back briefly after American oh, Idol. They tried, they tried to bring it back. <laughs> it was hosted by Arsenio Hall. Oh. <laughs> um, I think it was on like the CW or the WB or something like that. that. I could, I could see that. But, um, the American idol was supposed to be the, it started the, to me when I first think of it, it's like, it's the comeback of the talent show yeah. on television. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the new star search and they went about it in a way that, um, well, actually it was kind of like a, uh, a spinoff in a way of X factor. Cause that was first, right? I believe so. Um, I feel like it almost kind of combined cause reality TV was getting big at that point with shows like big brother and survivor. And they wanted, I think they were looking to find a way to combine music and then reality. Because I mean, like you would, um, you know, you had the auditions, you had, the performances each week. And then you had like the behind the scenes stuff where like, you know, they'll work with people to, to work and then they come out and perform a song each week. So I felt like they were trying to combine the best of both worlds and they got what ended up being a juggernaut. It was, I mean, other than the Super Bowl, it was like the number one rated show every year for like almost a decade. Yeah. Like it was insane. It's run was insane. Um, until it jumped the shark, as they say, <laughs> um, before yeah. we get to the jump, the shark moments. Yeah. Um, the, I did not watch American Idol. I watched Uh, a little, (laughs) um, I watched, um, I think I mentioned this on the last episode. Shout out to Rob and Mike, uh, third floor, Ralph Hall. (laughs) Uh, they watched, um, they watched American Idol and I watched an episode with them. It was like the middle of the first season. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I, I did like, I don't, I, I don't yeah. get it. Like <clears throat> Me they just come out and they, they do a song and people call in to vote. Mm-hmm. Um, basically you're going to get, and I think what it, it became even more noticeable over time, especially towards the end of the run, mm-hmm. um, if you have America calling in to pick whoever the best is, there's going to be, there's going to be a, um, how would I put this? A certain kind of person <laughs> is going to get the votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, really the only exception is like Sanjaya. Uh, but, <laughs> but a certain kind of person who sings a certain way or mm-hmm. sings a certain genre mm-hmm is going to get a lot of votes. That's what it looked like for a while. Yeah. Um, and well, yeah, even that first season though, you had like, you know, Tamira gray, for instance, who everyone thought should have won vote splitting because they didn't fit that mold. And so like, because you had, you know, I was just going to say it. I was going to say it. There's certain type of people. I'm sticking with a certain type of people. Fine. <laughs> until I feel comfortable certain with certain type of people. <laughs> Um, didn't get that vote, you know, because they all were the same artists. So it, you had like, you know, them voting for that artist. And then of course, when that artist got booted off the show, then their fan base voted for that other artist that was like them. 
And that's honestly what caused a certain type of artist to win the show a little bit later. Yeah. So yeah, votes, all, all the vote splitting. So I thought it was very interesting. That's how they explained um, Jennifer Hudson being voted off, even though everyone thought she should have won. Well, there was a controversy then with that because wasn't it? Um, it was like Fantasia, Jennifer Hudson. I can't remember who the third artists were, but they were like clearly like the three best. Mm-hmm. Might and have been Daughtry, and, honestly. I think Daughtry was that season. No, no, because it, okay. it was three black women. Okay. They were all in the bottom three. Mm-hmm. And when they were like 10 left, mm-hmm. they were in the bottom three, but they were like clearly the, the best. best three. And a lot of celebrities had something to say about that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially I know like Elton John came out and said something yeah. like, these are the three best. Like how was, how was America not voting for yeah. them? So um, even Simon came out and said it too. Like all yeah, the judges, I think Simon, yeah. Simon said something. Um, Cause there was controversy yeah. that like, Oh, like, Oh, Simon didn't believe in her. Like, no, Simon believed in her. It's like, <laughs> this is America's not voting for her. That's yeah. the, that's the issue. I think he was even like, you're going to be really successful and she won an Oscar. So there, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> she was very successful. Um, interesting. If I go with that with the, with Jennifer Hudson winning an Oscar uh, for dream girls, it actually came down to her and Fantasia for that role. Really? Yeah. But Fantasia couldn't read the script. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. But it's true. She can't read. I mean, she might be able to now, but back then she couldn't read. Yeah. I bet you that was the reason. I'm going to look that up. That that may be another future episode, the like the making of the the movie as far as like the the journey from the musical on stage to Mm -hmm. the movie, because that was in development for... At over 25 years. I can only imagine. Um, I think I may have mentioned on this episode, uh, Whitney Houston was mm-hmm. approached to play Dina. Oh, well, she, went, she was in talks back then? Yeah. Good Lord. Okay. Well, not not when the movie was actually made. Well, no, I'm just saying like in, yeah. during the development hell, as they but call it. But she wanted to, she wanted to sing all the parts. <laughs> she wanted God. to sing Dina's parts and Effie's parts. <sighs> And they're like, that's, that's not how this works. Uh, so, um, should make an all British version. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why. Um, so, uh, but anyway, um, with American Idol, as I mentioned on previous episode, the stars of the show were the judges. Yeah, definitely. Um, and honestly, I'm trying to remember that first because I haven't watched a lot of it, but I watched enough of it. And I didn't, I don't feel like they really, until like maybe season two, season three, like I think Simon made himself a star just because he was so negative all the time. But like really as the seasons progressed, I think that's why the, um, the, the singers and the performers really became less of star, less stars than the judges because the judges had their personalities to where, um, it became an event to watch the, um, the auditions. Like, yeah. that was probably one of the higher rated parts of it. Like, oh, let's just watch the auditions, watch Simon be mean to people, watch Paula be too nice, and watch Randy sit on the fence. Like, that was the audition, <laughs> you know? And That's dog. pretty much how, like, how they were every time. It was, yeah. Simon was really negative, mm-hmm. or he appeared that way. Paula was really, really nice. I don't know, you know, you just... I think she was really nice because um, everyone's seen uh, what she can do. Uh, musically or what she can't do or can't 
Um, and then you have Randy Jackson, who I think it was fine that he was in the middle because someone had to be. Yeah. They fit their roles well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it made it well as uh, I, we, I was listening, we were listening to another clip before we started recording. It was the same episode in which Kelly Clarkson is announced as the winner. And what Simon Cowell said, thank you for welcoming me to America. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause no one had heard of him yeah. in America. Uh, but he was a big time producer and worldwide <laughs> world around everywhere else around the world, yeah. except America. Um, but yeah, I think him becoming the star, uh, and it started the, I feel like there was the, the trend of, if you have these reality shows mm-hmm. in which, you know, it's a talent competition, mm-hmm. There always has to be some really mean British guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could well, see I that. Think, or I just think a mean of, person, period. You need well, that. Well, I think, yeah. 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 But I feel like all each time they were they were British. There was the the judge from So You Think You Can Dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did they, uh, I think they had one on America's Got Talent, too, right? It's Simon Cowell. Oh, is it Simon Cowell? Okay. Well, I'm talking about when it first came out. But before then, like Howard Stern, and I forget who else was there. Um, all I remember is I Nick Cannon hosted, <laughs> and now it's Tyra Banks. Yeah, um, and he's hilarious. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think because of Simon Cowell, that's why we have Gordon Ramsay. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, just having just. I mean, Gordon Ramsay, I mean, Simon Cowell wasn't what we know Gordon Ramsay is, Mm -hmm. but it's that, um, the demanding or the brutal British person, British person. (laughs) Um, so yeah. Um, so going back through the, through the first, um, season, I mean, we had the auditions and, you know, it was, I guess the idea was to find a pop star out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, but I think that's made, that may have been the, the closest to like staying with that format and for there to be any kind of realism mm-hmm. was just the first season. Yeah. I think after that, you know, it's kind of like when you have a, if you have a successful action movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's going to be a sequel that has to be made. Mm-hmm. You have to raise the naturally raise, raise the, the stakes. stakes. Yeah. Uh, like- just look at the <laughs> Fast and the Furious franchise. Yeah. Look, they started off stealing DVDs yeah. the, or DVD players and just regular black Honda Civics from trucks, <laughs> ripping off ripping off eighteen wheelers. Mm-hmm. And now. But they're in space, right? <laughs> it seems like they were what racing um, tanks. Yeah, they dropped they on, dropped uh, on ice. They dropped cars from planes. They rode around Rio with the um <laughs> with the bank with vault. a bank vault, <laughs> dragging a bank vault behind them. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I can't wait, I, and I'm I'm gonna see every single one of them. <laughs> they could make Fast and Furious twenty. I'll be there. Yeah. So they had to raise the se- raise the stakes. So I think with the subsequent seasons of American Idol, 
they had to uh, raise the stakes to make it more entertaining to keep people coming back. Yeah. Um, guest judges. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there's a quote where Randy Jackson said, we don't need the guest judges. We know what we're yeah. doing, what we're talking about, because I think um, with the, with the three, the original three judges initially, okay, you have Simon Cowell who know the, um, like if this person has it to make it in this business to, to, to make it. Um, and, and with his, uh, his business expertise or, or marketing or whatever he does, mm-hmm. um, or he, he's a, he was a talent manager, producer. Yeah. He does all these things. So he, he knows what it takes. You have Paula Abdul who would know on the, like, uh, perhaps looks wise and mm-hmm. how things can be, uh, looked at at different angles for something to sound good. I, I think uh, with her too, stage presence, because she presence, wasn't the greatest yeah. singer, but she was a good performer. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have Randy Jackson, who's a musician, mm-hmm. a producer. Mm-hmm. He'll, he knows, uh, you know, what may be able to be sold, what sounds good, mm-hmm. um, how music can be interpreted. Cause you know, everyone's doing cover songs yeah. basically. So, um, he'll have, a, he'll have an idea of, um, a singer's strengths. Yeah. I as think far as what they can definitely perform. and what would go along like so how you said like the musical arrangements how to make it fit their voice right which is a, a sorely underrated talent i don't think people <laughs> understand how important that is like you can't just go out there and 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 sing something yeah. uh so a lot of times you the judges were picking the songs for the contestants mm-hmm. um you know, it can't be the contestants just like, oh, I'm going to do this song just because you like the song <laughs> doesn't mean you can and you it. may have sang it in the shower one time. <laughs> doesn't mean you're going to be performing it mm-hmm. in front of the world. Um, So that was I think that was kind of a critical part in keeping the show going mm-hmm. um, is that. You have these folks, these judges who would. um kind of determine like, okay, well, I think you can do something with this song and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of going that way with it. Um, they also had theme yeah. weeks too. They started bringing yeah. in theme weeks like, oh, it's Beatles week or it's this week. It's that week. Like you said, just raising the stakes. Like we got to find more ways because after a while, like I guess in their minds, a singing competition isn't just a, it's not just a singing competition anymore. It's a television product. Um, we got to find ways to make it more entertaining. So when it was, it was like, you know, how successful was the first season? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But they wanted to fix it. So that's on them. Um, let's see. There were, okay. It was 15 seasons. Mm -hmm. Of course. Um, actually the show was based on the British series pop idol. Okay. Um, The list of judges, well, this might be, I don't know if that's the jump the shark moment for you uh, with some of the judges that they had. Um, okay, start off with Paula Abdul, Simon Cowell, and Randy Jackson. Uh, later, they had Cara Diaguardi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Ellen DeGeneres, like what is what is Ellen 
doing here? Yeah. What is a comedian talk show host doing here? Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Lopez, yeah. uh, Steven Tyler. Okay. Mariah Carey. Okay. Nicki Minaj. Yeah. It uh, got pretty crazy there towards the um, end. Then, the, you know, and then there was more attention being paid to Nicki Minaj and Mariah Carey not getting along yeah. than the actual show itself. Mm-hmm. So people were tuning in to see if Nicki Minaj and or Mariah Carey are going to throw a punch Oh, <laughs> like I don't, yeah, I don't was, know who won, I don't know who won that season. It was, yeah, no, it, it it did get ridiculous, and I think that was around the time it became more about, um, the television product versus putting out a good musical artist, and that's when it became really it was like the show became about putting out a TV star, and that's why I think those artists and subject, like you were saying, I have no clue who these people are because they didn't have a career because like they were good for TV, but not for music. You didn't have that person like, you know, they were just picking them based on like who's going to look the best, you know, episode to episode, not who is actually the best singer. And not mm-hmm. to mention America sometimes just doesn't know what they want. <laughs> just to be honest. Um, a, re- a rival TV executive to Fox said it's the most impactful show in the history of television. What do you think about a statement like that? I, as much as I don't want to agree, I have to say I, I kind of agree because, because of how big it was and because it was one of those shows that like in its time slot, it dominated whenever it came on. Um, cause I remember this was around the time I subscribed to entertainment weekly in college. I would check the ratings and every week it was the number one and number two highest rated show on TV period. For it was uh, a movement <laughs> for yeah. an eight year run, 2003 to 2011, there was at least the either it was a performance show or the results show mm-hmm. was ranked number one. That episode was ranked number one for the year. Yeah, it was huge. I think only second to the Super Bowl, <laughs> like it was that big. And so at that point, the more than likely, they just got you know, they just were just, um, they just. They thought they were better than they thought they were bigger, you know, too big for their britches. They thought that they were like, we can do no wrong, so to speak. And they really started putting emphasis on the um, on the uh, the audition shows. And um, and that's when I started hearing things about. And I don't know if you want to go into this just yet, because um, I know we would say we we're going to save the jump the shark part later. But like the, the emphasis on the audition shows and it became like a mockery, basically, that part of it. Well, let's get into that. The um don't mind if I'm doing <laughs> the auditions, uh like there were certain I'm trying to see like how it started as far as like auditions, um ten tens of thousands mm-hmm. of people. Uh there was the age limit, uh the age range of fifteen to twenty eight years old. It was sixteen to twenty four in the first three seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh so you know they rejected um Jessica Decker, Jesse Decker. Yeah. She auditioned, they didn't they didn't they didn't take her. Yeah. Yeah. Um there was well, I'm not going to pull it up, but there was a list of people who were rejected by American Idol. The on, the most famous I know of off the top of my head was the singer from Lady Antebellum. They okay. did not take her. Um and I mean she even admitted that she didn't feel she was ready. So but I mean their auditions are like cattle calls. When you have that many people auditioning for a show, some people are going to slip through the cracks. But 
And that wasn't my problem. My problem was the people that did make it through that, you know, obviously can't sing. You, you know, that they're, they're just, there's a joke there. There is a, and you would, you know, you'd have those people that would show up and they just push them through. As a matter of fact, as somebody who auditioned for American Idol, they send them through a different line, but they're too dumb to get it. Or maybe they're smart enough and they get it and they know that they, I'm just, I just want to be on TV. But like, you know, if you're a good singer, they would give you a, um, like a golden ticket. You go to the left side of the Georgia Dome. If you were there clearly as a joke, like the guy who showed up in rims, all like he like wore just rims everywhere around his body. Or the guy who dressed like Captain Morgan. You got a purple ticket and you went to the right and they made fun of you. <laughs> That's what they did. So I even read another story where a guy who auditioned and he got really far in to where he actually got to audition in front of, you know, the three judges. Um, he said it was kind of sad because it's like, you know, you have these people who clearly can't sing. So these aren't even the people who are jokes. These are the people who clearly can't sing. And the producers of the shows are like giving them tips like, oh, no, this song is a really good song for you. The judges are really going to like it. You should go with this one. This really showcases your voice. So when they get to in front of them, they really think they can sing. Because they're being told, not only have their friends like gassed them up, like, oh, go audition. The producers are gassed them up, like, oh, no, this is going to be good. So, like, when they get in front of the judges and, like, they're told they can't sing, they're like, what the hell, man? Like, everyone has been telling me I can sing. And now you're going to say I can't, like, it's, it's like, that's kind of messed up. I get it. They're trying to make a TV product, but, like, at what cost, you know? Um, What you mentioned there, uh, oh, don't want people to forget when auditions in Atlanta took place at the Georgia dome, mm-hmm. uh, I'm seeing a picture here where, uh, in Denver, their auditions were at, um, I don't know what the name of their stadium is now, but it was in Vesco field with mile high or is that the Rocky stadium you're thinking of? Um, well now it's sports authority field, but oh. I know sports <laughs> authority is going out of business. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I know they're they're changing the name to to something else, but where the Denver Broncos play, they had auditions there. You know, this started off where you had auditions in like a hotel or something, yeah. and now you have to use stadiums mm-hmm. and for it was all these people. The worst experience. I, I tell people like that was the worst experience ever because you're basically sitting there for hours just to go sing in front of somebody who really has no role in the show for like. 13 to 30 seconds and that's how they decide and um it's kind of disheartening like you hear a lot of really good singers come through and then you turn on the tv and you see like bad singers you're like oh that's not cool um they make you of course like every episode they were known for every city they went to for the auditions they had a song that they would sing and because we were atlanta our song was the i'd like to teach the world to sing because it was in that freaking coke commercial yeah so you had to sing that for like 30 minutes straight as they like took cameras and went around and yeah, it was, mm-mm. um, I can't listen yeah. to that song anymore <laughs> because of that. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I mean it was, but, and of course now I feel like I'm just beefing. Um, but you know, Carrie Underwood <laughs> was famous. Um, she had a good run. Well, yeah, as you said, there were, Contestants went through at least three sets of cuts. Yeah. They auditioned. There's a brief audition with a few other contestants in front of selectors, mm-hmm. which may include a producer. Then the second round was some producers. Mm-hmm. And then 
the third round, maybe in front of the actual judges mm -hmm. would, and that is the only audition. The only auditions that were shown on television were the ones in front of the, the main judges. Mm -hmm. um, between 10 to 60 people in each city make it to the Hollywood mm -hmm. um, auditions. And we always, me and Chris were like, if we can just get to Hollywood, we can make it. Man, please. <laughs> yeah. So, and that audition, so after going through that, I had an immense amount of respect for Jordan Sparks. And I know she's not really doing that much, you know, lately. She had her one album, you know, that was pretty successful. She was one of the winners. But to think that she did that at 17, phenomenal. Um, I had a ton of respect for her because of that. Um, before we get to like any of the winners here, um, the winner, the winner received a record deal with a major label. Is that your car? I don't want to make sure that. Okay. Uh, we're going to hold on for a second to make sure Ben's not getting robbed. <laughs> Okay, and we're back. Uh, so Ben was not getting robbed. It may have been someone else. <laughs> um, but the uh, the winner got a major label deal, mm -hmm. uh, which may be for up to six albums. Yeah, and I think that that hurt Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> I don't think she read the fine print. Like that's a six albums is a lot of albums. A six album deal. Like um, I was watching um, Love and Hip Hop. Atlanta and um, there was the the ones who have like their own label or whatever or they're looking for new artists mm -hmm. they have they have an indie label right and there was one um, I think her name was Ashley Nicole she met uh, one of the guys it was Kirk met him at a restaurant or something it was just like one of those random meetings where you run into a record producer hmm. and he signed her to a five album deal. Like you have an indie label and five albums. You go sign her to a five album deal based off of one meeting, hmm. you know? Um, and like, that's a lot. Like you're basically, mm -hmm. you may have all this, unless you're like this amazing songwriter who or who has all of this material yeah five albums so many albums. you're not gonna make five albums in five years you may not make five albums in 10 years there's some artists out who've ne who, who've not even made four albums <laughs> like five albums is a lot that's a lot of material to put out and um okay but like this okay so kelly clarkson if she was signed to a six album deal right all right thankful that's one breakaway mm -hmm. That's two. My December. All I ever wanted. That's four. Stronger. Five. Would you count the a Christmas album? I don't know if they would. Depends on if they would. I, I would have a hard time counting the Christmas album. But let's say it does count. That's, That's six. six. What year was that released? That was 2013. So, ten years later. <laughs> ten years later, she, she got those six albums in. And that was a rough ten years because my December... Um, Clive Davis did not want to release that. Almost that almost stopped everything. Like he was like, "No, what do you mean you want to write?" <laughs> yeah, so if yeah, six albums is a lot, and 
I think she didn't read the um, fine print because um, I guess I don't think she realized that like, oh, no, you don't control your career. Jay Records does. <laughs> yeah. Clive Davis controls your career. Um, they uh, also get a management contract with the American Idol affiliated 19 management, mm-hmm. which has the right of first refusal to sign all contestants. Uh, do you have an understanding what that means? Yeah. Basically right of first refusal isn't like, if we don't want to sign you, we have to say no first and then you can sign with other people. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So they can decide to not sign you basically. Yeah. And if they, but they, it, you have to go through them first. You have to give them the opportunity first. Like, Hey, you guys want to sign me? Nah. All right, cool. Then you can go somewhere else. <laughs> um, but also, like, so, like, winning eventually became like a kiss of death, to where it was just like um, you had artists like Adam Lambert, Chris Daughtry, who were like, "I'm glad," like they didn't want to win because it had been known in certain circles, like you you just want to you want to stay on long enough to promote yourself, get a record deal outside of American Idol. To win means you have no control of your career. To place highly, like in the top, you know, three, four, means that you're popular enough to have a built-in following and that you're also, um, you've been seen enough to, you know, to get a record deal. So like, you know, the first, Adam Lambert's first album um, would not have been made had he been signed to um, J Records or, what you know, whatever they were using at the time because it was out there. Like he worked with like Rivers Cuomo from Weezer. He worked with Lady Gaga. At the end, you you have like you're saying you have more. Control. You may have control over what your album will sound like, mm-hmm. who you work with, yeah. And if you win, that's all been predetermined. I.e., from Justin to Kelly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that was uh, a that was a joke. Like, like it didn't have to. Whose idea was that? I as don't far know, as but, like, yeah. let's put them in a movie. They just came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, you didn't know these guys could sing, and now you think they can act. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though, like, it was a musical, as a Kelly, jukebox musical. As but. Kelly Clarkson famously said, "Read your contracts." <laughs> we had an episode about that, right? Yeah, <laughs> read your contracts. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, they also they can get various lucrative contracts. All winners prior to season nine reportedly earned at least one million dollars in their first year as the winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the runner ups in the first 10 seasons, um, as well as some other finalists have also received record deals with the major labels. However, starting in season 11, the runner up may only be guaranteed a single only deal. Yeah. Uh, BMG and slash Sony, um, in seasons one through nine and then universal music group in seasons 10 through 15 had the right of first refusal to sign contestants for three months after the season's finale. So it kind of like in limbo for three, like you, they have mm-hmm. three months to say yes or no. And I think that was around the time. What season did you say that was? That was season, uh, with universal music group yeah. that started season 10. I think that was around the time. Cause I'm looking at the season 10 winner, which was Philip Phillips prior to that. You had lead wise. And I think people started kind of realizing, all right, these artists aren't as a, sh- aren't a sure thing. Like they used to be, you know, there's not a Kelly Clarkson anymore. Um, hell, there's not even what Jordan Sparks was season six. It's David Fantasia. Cook. Yeah, you don't have anything that's a sure thing where it's like, oh, we'll we'll sell for real. So they probably wanted, probably did market research. Probably you know did a whole lot of things like, will this person sell? Nope, uh, we won't sign you. We'll let someone else. And so that's when you know 
they just were just like, you know, I don't need to win. I can, I can, you know, I can do this on my own. So like season eight, um, Adam Lambert was bigger than Chris Allen. Yeah. <laughs> he just was. And it's because he had, um, he had control over his career. You know, he had control to, to work with who he worked with. Probably wouldn't have worked. We've with, all but forgotten yeah. about Chris Allen and Adam Lambert, um, was clearly the best that season. Yeah. He, uh, his, his album was bigger. He had the better, the better songs and they even brought him back. Uh, well, Fox brought him back as he had a recurring role on a glee for a few episodes. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. I, I feel like I need to watch this show. <laughs> like everyone I know likes it. <laughs> so they, um, so he was clearly the biggest star of that season, but he didn't win American Idol. Mm-mm. And I feel like if, you know, like you said, if he did win, he would, he would have probably done none of those things. I can only imagine (laughs) how trash his album would have been. They would have underutilized like the, the list of singers. Like, I don't, I think the only song he had by the same singer was two Max Martin songs. And that's it. Like everything else, he got the singer from the darkness to write a song, the Mm -hmm. singer from Muse to write a song, Lady Gaga wrote a song. Just like he worked with everybody and like you don't like there's no way Jay Records is like, oh, yeah, let's go get the dude from Weezer to write you a song. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no way that happens, you know. And like you said, um, Clive Davis produced uh, the winners or well, some selected contestants mm-hmm. albums. He produced for Kelly Clarkson, Clay Aiken, Fantasia and Diana DiGarmo. Um, all the top 10. Uh, including uh, the top 11 in seasons 10 and 12, the finalists got the privilege of going on a tour together. So they all toured yeah, together the American and they tour. may earn up to six figures uh, during that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, making the top 10, I guess was good. Uh, like you can make some money, yeah. but who from that, they were just in the top 10, to where, like, I'm not sure where Daughtry finished. Yeah, I'm trying to see what season. I know he he wasn't in the top two. Season five. Um, okay, yeah, because he did the um, I Walk the Line. He did um, I Dare You that that season. I don't think he. Uh, yeah, he was eliminated earlier in the season, so he might not even been top ten, honestly. <laughs> um, and yeah. you can also look at, I guess, Jennifer Hudson, too, as far as, like, those who didn't, who weren't the the winner or runner up, um, Kelly Pickler, yeah, that was season um, uh, season five. Josh Grayson, see, these are names I've forgotten about. He he went on to be a country singer. I don't think he did very well though. Uh, Elliot Yamin or Yamin, I don't know how his last name is pronounced. Uh, definitely, he had that one hit. I will wait for you. Yeah, yeah that sounded like we're not making love no more. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, uh, Mendisa, was she the one to where, like, she was on the show and then she was, mm. I've never she, like, she was like in a porn film, like she didn't do anything in it, but she was associated with whatever company. So she got a I don't know. Cause it says here, she's a Christian recording artist. So I don't think that would, well, been yeah, great. she is now. Oh, yeah. what's up girl? What you did? <laughs> huh. I, I don't, this is going to sound messed up, but I could totally see her doing that the way she looks. That sounds bad. I'm just, I'm just saying. 
<laughs> I'm just saying. I think she was a. Um, yeah, I don't see it. I had to look that up because it was definitely like an image thing to why she was eliminated. Mm. And um, so it looks like season five was their highest rated, and she was in that season. Bucky Covington. I remember Kelly Pickler. I don't know what she went to go on and do. I think Kelly Pickler was from. Oh, never mind. Never mind. That was uh, Frenchy. Frenchy? Frenchy? Frenchy, who was on American Idol. Okay, yeah. She was the one who was eliminated because of um, some nude photos. Okay. So... Yeah, so we have we have that as far as as far as she goes as well. Um, so now season seven, I I remember this happening. Carly Smithson, um, I remember she got eliminated because she had a prior recording contract, which I thought was interesting, because like later in The Voice, they allow people who have had recording contracts on there. Most famously, Javier Colon, their season one winner, like was a was a recording artist. Like he had a song and a video and. But yeah, I remember that was a big deal when they eliminated her from um, American Idol because of the album that she had. But that was the David Cook year. David Archuleta was um, was uh, second. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, like I was, uh, I I don't know if we if I mentioned it while we were recording or before we started recording. After Chris Allen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you didn't know anyone. I didn't know who any of the winners were. <laughs> Not a not a one. Um, I didn't know of any names. I don't know who these. I didn't know who they were. Yeah. Um, Because it it was all about the all about the judges at that point. Because what season ten, Jennifer Lopez and Steven Tyler joined. Season eleven, which was the Philip Phillips year. um, That's who's from here. Diana DeGarmo. She's from Atlanta. when did they? Because I know they switched judges again. Yeah, so season twelve is when Jennifer Lopez and Steven Tyler left. Mariah Carey, Keith Urban, and Nicki Minaj. Which why? Like just why? I don't. I don't know. Like some some of their some of their choices for judges kind of just like the Keith Urban one was weird. That that didn't really add up. I could see Mariah Carey and Nicki Minaj just because they're well. At least Keith Urban was a musician, and I could respect the one that that, that makes the least sense is Ellen. Yeah, that was very weird. And she basically took up the role of Paul Abdul. Yeah. So um probably just, you yeah. know, hey, these people are famous. Let's let's keep it going, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know if you had any jokes or any like kind of reservations about Taylor Hicks. <sighs> the fact that he looked like he was in his fifties when he won. <laughs> um Taylor Hicks was the most unfortunate winner, I believe, because he was, he didn't look like your traditional pop star. I'm surprised he won, honestly. I mean, I guess he had the, like the entire state of Florida voting for him or something. I don't know. But like, it was, that was weird. Like he, he, he was gray. He was, what, what was his song? Um, Do I make you proud? proud? Yeah. Like it just, I don't know. And just to look now, he's only 40 now (laughs) he's only 40 now so like that was he just i don't know he's 40 i mean he's probably like what in his 30s but he just looked like he was 60 i don't know that one (laughs) that one just got me and for it to be the highest rated season um of the show like that that season was an anomaly that's so weird 
there are some there are some names in here to where like it's interesting that this person like like this person was I mean there's some people who could see that who were novelties like Sanjaya yeah. or William Hung. One who is the most novel the highest placing novelty to me is Blake Lewis. He was the one he would, he was a beatboxer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. beatboxing champion, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> and he incorporated that into his music. Um, and then he had some, some very unique arrangements of certain songs. He was interesting. But I think that like that wore off pretty quick. Mm-hmm. As far as like, if people who are into like the early hip hop culture of, of beatboxing. Yeah. Um, I mean, as far as like that element being introduced early and then people continuing it, continue on with it. That was cool, but does that cross over uh, into pop long term? Not really. No. <laughs> I mean, like, even when I think the thing that and this kind of sparked my love affair with the song or re-sparked it, he performed "I Need to Know" by Mark Anthony, and I remember him being a charismatic performer, but not the best singer. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a little interesting. I was like, he looks good on stage, but like he he's not the strongest vocalist, and that's not really that hard of a song to sing. So I remember thinking, like, oh, I don't think he's going to win. <laughs> yeah, but he lasted. He was yeah, the runner-up. So. He was the runner-up to Jordan Sparks. Mm-hmm. Um, Is she married to Jason Derulo yet? Is that Mr. Derulo? No, Derulo? I think they, they broke up. Oh, that's sad. They broke up, like, a long time ago. Oh. Um, that's sad. I, I, call, I still call him Jason Computer. <laughs> Jason Computer. <laughs> Jason Computer. Oh, God. Um, but, yeah, her, yeah. like, so much respect for her, because... When I auditioned, I was still in college. I was maybe like 21 or 22. And like, I joke around, all kidding aside, I wasn't ready to go on American Idol. I'd never had butterflies in my stomach. I'd never, I'd never felt my stomach in knots before until I got up there and sung in front of some nobodies. <laughs> <laughs> and like to think that she at 17, like not only did that and went to the next level and all this and sung in front of like, you know, the largest TV studio, the largest you know, TV audience. Like that takes guts. Like at seventeen, I would have, I probably would have shat myself. <laughs> and you know, so like, but yeah, that year that was the, she was the Sanjaya year, as you mentioned, Sanjaya. Um, and I remember, um, that was around the time I started kind of researching, uh, American Idol online, and so that's how I found Vote for the Worst. And so mm-hmm. they were like hyping him up every week, and like, it was like this online forum, kind of similar to a Reddit. And they were just like gathering together to vote for him every week. Like they, they made this happen. Um, and then like Howard Stern was like the leader of it. Or like, yeah, yeah, vote for him. And he was like a joke that thought he could sing. And it was so sad, but it was kind of funny. Um, with, uh, I, I promoted this particular episode as a slaughtered hog. <laughs> um, just like, you know, uh, kind of based on like something I heard Mark Cuban say about the NFL mm-hmm. um, uh, saying the hogs get slaughtered as far as, you know, they, they're going to have game. They have games on Thursday. They're, they want to try to have games on Tuesday and Wednesday mm-hmm. just to have NFL games every, every day, day of the week. week. <laughs> um, so I think with American Idol, it, there was eventually, you know, there were eight spinoff programs. Well, Justin, from Justin Kelly is included here. So, but 
basically other per- there was American Juniors. I never even heard of that. Was that the kids version? That was a kids version. Okay. American Idol Rewind, which I think just became programming in the off time. Oh, okay. American Idol Extra, which was like more behind the they made the behind the scenes a separate show. Oh god. Uh a show that you I know you remember the next great American band. Oh yeah, we we sent in an audition tape for that. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Um I know it was a band that um the band that won basically they were like I can't remember who won. They they sounded like Mumford and Sons. Oh yes, it was but the three looked guys. like Hanson or no, yeah. they looked like the Jonas Brothers. Yeah, I, I I likened them to Nickel Creek, and um, but yeah, there were dude. What if Mumford and Sons stole their sound? Yeah, because it was like three <laughs> brothers, right? And they mm-hmm. played like one played guitar, one song, and one played a mandolin or something like that. Yeah, I remember them. They won it because there was the kid metal band. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The kids, I remember there was the, a uh, there was a band from Philadelphia. They were like it was yeah. like the black band. Yeah, they were called um, <laughs> something Bridge, Jackson Bridge, or something like that. Yeah, because they covered Philadelphia Freedom on Elton John Week. <laughs> yeah, dot 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 with the singer they couldn't sing. <laughs> I remember that. It had um uh Jeff Bird was Jeff on there. Bird. Jeff his Bird. band was on there. Yeah. And wasn't, I don't know if it was his band or it was another band to where the band was terrible, but the singer was really good. So they kept bringing him back. Hold on. Was it during the audition phase? Was it that one where it's like the, um, yeah. And like he climbed up on the thing. <laughs> yeah. I remember They're that. like, oh, this guy's a star. Your band is terrible. Though. <laughs> they kept trying. I felt so bad for that. Band. They got it. Or they. I don't know if they were, if he, he, I think he was brought back for a later episode, but they yeah. got like two or three chances to perform. I remember, I felt so bad for the band because they were trying, I remember they were trying so hard and like the singer was like really trying to sell it. He was like this big buff dude. He was bald. He climbed up on the, um, on the, on the, um, stage thing, yeah. on the stage girders trying to sell the band. He, they tried hard. What happened to them? <laughs> uh, Franklin Bridge. Franklin was the Bridge. Name of okay. that band. Yeah. I think is this the is this the band? It was a band called Rocket. I, w- I wonder if that was them. No, no, this is somebody else. That was a good show. I that was so I watched that from start to finish. Like I watched that every year, not um, every year, but every episode because it was only one year. I was hoping they would bring it back, but they didn't. The likes of you. That was Jeff Bird's band. Okay. They were the, actually the first band eliminated. <laughs> um, Jeff Bird is a. Is that old? Is a garage band.com legend? Um, yeah, he's he's yeah. I was gonna say stand out, but yeah, legend is more appropriate because that's what he was. <laughs> um, yeah, dot dot dot. Uh, Denver and the Mile High Orchestra. Oh, were they the um, the swing? Were they do swing stuff, I think. I think so. Yeah, Man, um, I remember dot dot dot. That singer was awful. Like, I remember that, like, the band was so good. And they were just like, you can't sing. Like, he just, no vocal control, no tone, but he looked good. So. Six Wire? I remember them. Six Wire was a country band. They were like in the in the vein of like a Diamond Rio. Um, they were good. Six Wire was really good. I'm surprised they didn't win. I think it's because they were older. They were, they finished second. Yeah. Uh, the Clark Brothers are the, the, the they, they're the ones that won. Yeah, Diamond um, Rio was like a modern day Eagles. Like everyone in that band could sing. Yeah, they had like really beautiful harmonies. I remember. I forgot that was a good band. 
It's a really good band. Um, man, next great American band. <laughs> next great American band. Yeah, we put. To, I wish I could find because we put together an audition video, like where we filmed ourselves playing. This is if by chance one of my old bands, and everyone did it like a, a small interview, like we talked about the band. It was crazy. Now I really got to get Bannister on here because <laughs> he it was so fun. Oh man! Um, now the most watched episode of all time of American Idol is actually the season two finale, where Ruben Stuttered was named the winner. I'm flying without wings. Yeah. Um, I think there was a focus there um, on the friendship between Ruben Stuttered and Clay Aiken. Mm-hmm. Um, and. That was, yeah, I mean, that's all I can think about it, really. There was a focus on that, but the focus was on the contestants. Yeah. And not the judges. I think around the time, uh, after Chris Allen, Adam Lambert, mm-hmm. I think the focus was on the judges. So when uh, they started switching them out, because I mean, like, they got popular in their and own right. And they started getting different. Yeah, yeah, but when they started switching them out, it really they just brought in who can come in here and be a cult of personality, who can really make this show. And it was really pop. just that show. I mean, they were it was, they were known for just that show. Like mm-hmm. Paula Abdul actually released an album or two mm-hmm. during that her time Randy, on there. Randy Jackson produced one of them. And yeah, played bass on it too. <laughs> uh, Randy Jackson produced um, some stuff for her. I know he produced the Boys the Men covers albums, which I feel like what they've been doing for the last fifteen Throwback, years. Yeah. It's just cover albums. Well, no, he did the uh, the Motown one. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and uh, Simon Cowell uh, gave us Il Devo. I had to look mm-hmm. up who they were. It was like a multinational boy band. Like there was someone from Europe. There's oh, someone goodness. from America. <laughs> <laughs> There's someone from Asia. You know. Um, so he put that together. Um. The highest rated premiere is actually from season six, the Minneapolis auditions. Now, season six, one, two, three, four, five, six was a Jordan Sparks year. Season six, 2000. That was the season I auditioned for. Yeah. Uh, Also from season six, the Seattle auditions is the highest non, the highest rated non premiere and non finale. I don't know what, what, I don't know why they were so high rated. Uh, probably, well, these episodes were on back-to-back nights. The Minneapolis auditions and the Seattle auditions were on back-to-back nights. Um, a lot of these from two, one, two, three, four, five, five of the top 10 are from 2007. Hmm. So that may have been, that may have been its peak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the peak of its powers but I think when it all started to go downhill was the the changing of judges yeah, and then the focus on judges, judges yeah, um, and kind of the rise of Ryan Seacrest yeah, to where once the focus came off the contestants and onto the personalities so, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know like, I, like I've said before it's like uh in college sports, the star is the coach. So in this case, the stars were the judges. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm sorry if I missed this because I, I we I don't know if we got too much into it. The the jumping the shark moment. Mm-hmm. No, that we we just addressed it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. With the, the changing of the judges, yes, that okay. was jumping the shark. Where it just became is like oh it's all about these people and <laughs> not the singers. Um, what else kind of sticks out to you as far as as far as this show goes? Like like we mentioned that it's a juggernaut. Uh, you know, it's one of the most impactful shows ever. Lots of spinoffs. The return of the uh, the return of the talent show on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the new the new Star Search. Yeah. I feel like it started all these other shows. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I would yeah. say what stood out to me, and this isn't even have anything to do with the show I was on, the networks that passed on it. Mm-hmm. So several networks passed on American Idol before Fox picked it up. Um, all of them thinking that it would be a failure. Um, and that was, and I mean, of course, hindsight is always twenty twenty, And of course, no one knew Cause I mean, like, you know, every now and then, you know, um, um, you know, myself or my friend, Chris will get these emails or messages or notifications about, you know, this show is looking for contestants and stuff like that. And we've gone out and audition for certain shows and I, I, you know, just like what were, what did the people who went auditioned for this show think like Kelly Clarkson walking into, you know, wherever it was that she auditioned, did she think like, Hey, I could go on here, sing this song you know, win this competition and, and be one of the biggest stars, you know, of the two thousands. Did she, yeah. Like, did she walk into it thinking that she was going to win? Yeah. Like, did you, or did she just think, Oh, just another audition. You know, I'm a, I'm a waitress in Texas. This is just another audition. Um, it, it, and so like, you know, just seeing like, you know, this show that everyone passed on that Fox took a, a chance on and, you know, bringing up this old retired pop star and, and, um, Paul Abdul and, um, a kind of forgotten, um, you know, music producer slash, you know, session musician and Randy Jackson. And then like, you know, one of the most internationally known promoters and, um, promoters and, you know, and Simon Cowell that no one really knows in America. Like you bring them together and you come up, you come up with this show that dominated, like who would have thought? What was uh, interesting is that, um, in 2001, Simon Fuller, who created the show, the British version, Pop Idol, Mm -hmm. which is inspired by a New Zealand show called Pop Stars. He and Simon Cowell and another producer, Simon, they're all named Simon. Yeah, a lot of Simons. Probably a very popular (laughs) British name. Uh, They tried to sell the format to the U.S., but it was met initially by uh, Fox initially rejected it. And then Rupert Murdoch's daughter, who was a fan of Pop Idol, convinced him to to take on the show. Um, summer replacement show. That's what it was. Yeah, this started as as a summer. You don't get you don't you can't expect much from a summer replacement mm-hmm. show. You know, with the summer replacement, basically like okay, we're tired of showing reruns. Let's show something new for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it um. You know, and then it becomes, uh, you know, a, a juggernaut. Um, there were other uh, judges who were considered but didn't make it. There's a DJ Striker. A DJ Striker. Um, yeah, he's a. Uh, um, 
It's interesting. <laughs> yeah. He's a radio DJ in Los Angeles. Uh, oh, wait. Who's the other name that I just saw? Uh, Angie Martinez. Oh, for real? Was considered as a judge. Mm. Uh, she was, she was, she withdrew after not being comfortable with giving out criticism. Oh, they didn't stop Paula. (laughs) Definitely did not. Um, Oh, another thing that no one talks about too. Yeah. Um, Brian Dunkelman, the original, this other original original co-host. Yeah. What happened to him? Uh, let's see what they say as far as like, they just handed it over to Ryan Seacrest. Because Seacrest took over, and now, as we mentioned on a previous yeah. episode, he's the new Dick Clark. You can't stop him. <laughs> you can't stop him from Atlanta, Ryan Seacrest. Um, so he was the co-host after the first season. It was reported that he quit. Mm. Um, and various news outlets later on said that he had his career completely destroyed by quitting. Before it became enormously popular and made Seacrest rich. However, one journalist believes that Dunkelman would have been fired had he not quit. Oh. Um, a, n- a number of staffers said Dunkelman submitted his resignation shortly before um, he was going to be fired. Mm. So it's one of those, you can't fire me, I, I quit. quit. Yeah. I mean, okay. Mm. So... But why would he's why was he fired though? Maybe he just wasn't good. I don't know. So I don't know. I mean, like Ryan Seacrest. I'll be honest. Like just watching him. I think they were just, yeah. It, it just looked live. like they just weren't going to have him back, and like Seacrest was clearly the yeah the star host. Um, yeah, he he's all he was good. I'll I'll give him that. Like as someone who's yeah. worked with people who do that, um, he was a one take type of person. <laughs> Like they had him go to various spots in the Georgia Dome to like film his his takes, and basically like you know when he walked in, oh my god, right, then they they quieted him down and like just nailed everything in like one take. It was like okay, I, I see why you hold this down. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it didn't take you long, and then he left. <laughs> so um, yeah, from what it looks like here, it was just okay. Clearly, Seacrest can carry this by himself. <laughs> Yeah. Seacrest in. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, that's that's how that went down. Um do you think if there's any other like we have we have these other shows. Um I think and, and they all seem to be like kind of a I mean it's not it's not gonna be the same. Yeah. No, it's not. And I mean, because they haven't the, tried to be the same though, you know? Yeah. Like be this, uh, this, this show started before the show. This was before Facebook. Yeah. No social media. Yeah. Uh, so that's when shows could, um, I guess organically or whatever, mm-hmm. gather that, um, gather that fan base, you know, and people called in mm-hmm. to, to vote. Yeah. You know, I knew, um, I knew people that did it. <laughs> You know, then you could text in. I think I voted uh, for Sanjaya. I think I did. Yeah. I don't recall calling to vote at all. Um, but it's it just got to it got to um, 
it got really big. And then, like I said, they just tried to raise the stakes or the, the focus, mm -hmm. the focus changed. And I think that's what we've agreed on that. That's what led to its, um, its demise to its demise. Um, and then with the other shows show like the X factor and the voice, I'm surprised the voice is still on the air because it's having the same issue to me. Oh yeah, definitely. That American Idol had, and it's from the beginning. From yeah. the beginning, the voice has been I, about the judges. And, yeah, I was gonna say. I think that's what they kind of sought it out to be, um, because I mean, like, why go out and get these big pop stars, and then just like focus on them? And you have Team this, like you have Team Adam, Team Christina. You, you keep hearing their name. You're hearing yeah. Adam, Christina, because they probably Pharrell, saw like, well, this Blake. is how you keep hearing those names. This is how they than... did it. So let's do it this way. Let's just from the start, like, not, not even hide what we're about. Yeah, yeah, because like no winner from The Voice has had any kind of success. I'd probably say Javier Colon was more successful before The, before voice. the voice. Same thing with um, I think uh, Megan Meg Frampton of Megan Dia. She was one of the winners too. Yeah, that's the thing. Like they just keep letting these people who are like famous. Like, what's the point? Win. So um, yeah, it's interesting. And the, so Ella Riot, my earworm from last week, their singer was also on there. Mm. She was on, I don't know how far she got, but, um, yeah, they didn't even hide it. They made it about the judges so much so that the judges would sing with the contestants. So yeah, like, I, you see on Spotify to where, I mean, the, the singles are released, mm -hmm. you know, but it'll have that contestant and the, that the judge, judge. Yeah. are there so it counts team so, mentor or whatever. So the judge is making money off the sales of that single. Payola, man. <laughs> it's payola <laughs> that new that new payola man oh, that yeah. new payola um yeah. so yeah and then like a show like x factor i haven't really watched that i don't know it, how similar it is to american idol well i mean i know that simon cowell is connected yeah. to it i watched so when leona lewis was on there i watched some youtube clips because that's the only place you could find it and um it seemed very similar i mean like you know you you go you perform a song and they give you feedback. I mean, it seemed like a very similar style show, but I couldn't see the in-betweens to see what the preparation was like and things like that. So, but as far as I could tell, it seemed like it followed the same formula. I think they also include like, you can have, um, groups. I think so. Cause that's where, um, that's where one direction was formed. Okay. On X factor. Yeah. They, cause they auditioned separately and they suggested that they form a group and do it that way. All right, yeah. so we can blame Simon Cowell for that, mm -hmm. possibly. Um, but yeah, Leanna Lewis was phenomenal on that show. Like, it's and it's kind of sad that she hasn't become bigger. Like the yeah. first song was huge, but then after that, like I feel like she's probably popular in the UK, but not worldwide. Like I think she should be. But like seeing her, like she did a lot of Whitney Houston back then, and she was just really good. Like so much confidence. Yeah, I think because people haven't um, been able to separate her from uh like she gets those comparisons to mm -hmm. Whitney Houston and yeah. to Mariah Carey that's like any shooting guard being compared to, to Jordan <laughs> it's not fair it, but it happens yeah it happens <laughs> um 66220 yeah MJ You're MJ <laughs> like no come on man <laughs> so it's um it's kind of hard to escape that i think that's what the issue's been for her yeah um you have America's got talent 
which is they do everything on that show though. Like I've I swear I've seen. I feel like it's just a bunch of memes, man. Yeah, I, I feel like I've seen people juggle and tell jokes. And who's the one woman? Um, she was an older lady, and she oh, was Susan Boyle. Yeah, like she. I mean, I guess that's kind of cool because you'd never have that on American Idol. But I think that might have been the Britain's Got Talent. Was that Britain's version. Got Talent? Susan but Boyle? still, it yeah. was one of those shows. Like that would never happen on American Idol or X Factor. Like uh, the the one meme that I hear the most is the. Uh, you saw this guy as a black guy. He had on, you know, he, he looked like a rapper, mm-hmm. basically. And he comes out, he does a country song. What? Um, it was like, it was like, um, was it lock those doors and turn the lights down. <laughs> it was what is that song, whatever song that is. Like he sang that song. Like, every, <laughs> and everyone was like, looking like he comes out and he has on like, it was one of those like jean vests had graffiti on it. You mm-hmm. know, it was, um, styled. You thought he was a rapper. Mm-hmm. Basically you thought he was a rapper and maybe like a corny rapper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. everyone was like looking at him like, okay, um, yeah, let's just get let, him, let, let this, let's get this over with. And then he like starts singing yeah. and everyone just like went. And you know nuts. what though? Now that I think about it from the few episodes I've seen, that's kind of their thing. Like just bring out this person that you think is yeah, going to do one like, thing, misdirection. Basically, you get those shots of the of the judges. Like, man, who, who is this? Yeah. What? What? What and then is they come going out, they're on like, right oh now? Oh my god, you can sing. <laughs> Susan Boyle. That How was what that thing here? was. Susan Boyle, because they were all in their head, just mm-hmm. clowning her. I wish someone should make a video of that, and like when the person starts to sing and the judges look shocked, just start playing the song. How did you get here? By Deborah Cox. <laughs> I think there was also one where um, it was a it was a painter, mm-hmm. and they start drawing and painting something, and they're like, "I I don't what what is he painting? Like this doesn't look like anything." Mm-hmm. The time was up, but after like like ten more seconds, they kept going for like ten seconds, and they flipped it over. Because they looked like one judge, but then they flipped it over, and this was an amazing painting of one of the other judges. Oh, interesting. And he just did it up on stage? Yeah. Oh, wow. America's Got Talent, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, they, but they all, like, gave their buzzer to where to, like, to eliminate them. Oh. But since they were like, no, you're out of time, they just kept going. It was, like, 10 seconds later, they flipped it over, and everyone was like, oh, no, you already eliminated them. Mm. You know, so... Um, there's a lot of that on that show to where mm. they're just clowning them in their head and then they get blown away. Mm-hmm. So it just keeps recreating those moments. Um, but yeah, there's, uh, I think the, the lasting legacy of American Idol is that, you know, there's talent all over America. And, um, but there is, there's talent all over America, but because you have talent, you better have a good lawyer mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, uh, or just simply read your contract. And, yeah. and if you need help with understanding that contract, mm-hmm. you know, get that help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you will be making from or Justin to Kelly. Be from Justin Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, 
that will do it for our discussion on this topic. Oh, American Idol. Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, well, it, it may be coming back though. Yeah. And that's kind of what brought this up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ABC Fox, Fox may bring it back. NBC is, uh, maybe bidding for it, which makes no sense at all. They want their- or maybe, or maybe they just want to buy it just to make sure it stays out of their hands that the other channels don't get it. Cause I think they'll, they'll buy the rights to it and they'll just like, yeah, we're not, we're not putting, or maybe they just think that they can that do out. it better. Like we can do it better where they failed. We will succeed. And- or they just make some mashup. The American voice <laughs> <laughs> and his country. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, and have, um, but they got, I guess they got to make sure they bring a, since they're using the artists as their judges, mm-hmm. they have to have a British artist who will come out there and be mean. Mm-hmm. The worst singer I've ever heard. <laughs> ever. So they need, they need that. Um, so, yeah. Oh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, we'll keep an eye out to see if American Idol actually does come back. But to me, as I said before, it is a slaughtered hog. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, we'll get to my earworm of the week. Um, I have been listening to um, this was this was an album. I bought this album in high school. Uh, I played the crap out of it. Hmm. Um <laughs> no, I'm trying to think. I was like, did he get it from the library? No. Did he win it in a contest? No. <laughs> no. Not that. Wait, did I win it in a contest? I may have. <laughs> it was a radio contest to where they. Um, it was a radio contest. It was. It was before I went to school. Though it was the pop station to where they would just play two songs at the same time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a, like a, a produced mashup or anything. They just play them both at the same time. And you have the name, the artist of both songs or the titles of both songs. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure one of them was like Phil Collins, but I won the contest and I had to go to their station in North Augusta to pick out the CDs. I know what I won twice. Uh, one time I got uh Stankonia and the hot dog, uh, chocolate starfish and hot dog flavored mm-hmm. water, which was, uh, the explicit version, but Stankonia was the clean version. How they? Well, I don't. I don't know. They weren't shopping at Walmart if they got the dirty version. And uh, the second time I won, I got this album and Fuel. Something like human. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is um, uh, run on by Moby. Uh, he samples or it's basically like a cover of the song. Uh, God's going to cut you down. Mm. Um, he used the 1949 recording of run on for a long time by Bill Lanford and the Lanford heirs. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and basically he made like a house music version of it. And I just like how it sounds. I like I like the vocals of the song anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I put it on my, we lit playlist. I just like, it's, it's my favorite song on, on, uh, Moby's play. Okay. So 
let me pull it up. Um, let me pull it from our list here. So um, this is Moby's Run On. And uh, we'll play that song and we'll be right back. this a listen i forgot all about it <laughs> to be honest this was actually an album that um i i had in the back of my mind but i forgot to mention it when we did our episode about sellouts mm-hmm. every song on the album mm-hmm. was featured in either commercial or film really well did you ever hear his stance on that on why he does that why so i don't know if it was behind the music or what but he was like um um Whenever people would, he's like, whenever people would come to me and ask me to use my songs in, in um, television, I let them do it because if you don't, um, all they're going to do is rip it off <laughs> and use the rip off. He's like, but I can sell them the song, let them use it, and then take the money to invest in things that like go against them. <laughs> so that's why he like lets everything. He'll he'll license anything. Yeah, uh, a lot of songs from. Well, like I said, every song from Play mm-hmm. was fe- featured in either a film or a commercial. Like, there's a song, um, I think My Weakness was featured in Any Given Sunday. 
Mm, it was the okay. scene where Willie Beeman scores a touchdown in the playoff game. Yeah. Where he jumps over the pile. Yeah. Uh, the song um, Natural Blues was uh, everywhere. Oh, commercials, yeah. Natural a lot blues. of commercials. Uh, yes, and an episode of Cold Case. Uh, <laughs> How did I know? <laughs> um, Southside was one of those TRL hits. Mm-hmm. Um Porcelain, I think, was played on VH1 a lot, if not MTV2. The song Honey, no, Find My Baby, I think, was also in Any Given Sunday. The song Honey was featured in the, remember the Michael Jordan TV movie? Mm-mm. There was a TV movie about I, um, Michael Jordan. It was called, like, Michael Jordan All-American or I think, something like okay, that. Okay, yeah, I think so, because I, I remember seeing the part where he's out in the his, um... Driver playing basketball with car lights. Okay, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. So that song was featured in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So in a way, Moby sold out, but he he had a definite, like, legit reason to do mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah. That's all he was doing. He said he just invested in, like, causes against them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to do a I Know That Person? We We know a musician. I didn't have anyone in mind this week. Um, I usually could save it. I can't think of anyone right now that I want to. Okay. Unless you have somebody. Um, well, we still have the list. You would just want to pick from someone I know? And we well, I guess oh, we could go with, because I already told him he'd be on here anyway. Go with Chris. You have Paper Street on there? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we'll go with um, Everything's All Right. So uh, this is uh, a very good friend of mine who I've, played music with since 2003 I guess really since I started kind of going out you know in the music scene in the uh the musical hotbed that was Carrollton <laughs> um and we, C-Town yeah we we all met at the at the um at the Mellow Mushroom um I heard him sing and you'll hear it when you hear his voice I heard him sing some Pearl Jam um Black by Pearl Jam it was the first thing I ever heard him sing. Um, and then I think also I heard him sing some Stained. Um, that song, Epiphany, I think they had or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, in the, in the video, they're in a carriage. It's a really weird video. Oh, it's going to Stained. It's been a while. Yeah, it wasn't that one. <laughs> but yeah, so and then he played in various bands with him. And, you know, we, we him and I still hang out. I was, I was talking to him last week. I was like, hey, we have this new um, segment on the podcast. You're probably going to be on it pretty soon. <laughs> All right. And oddly enough... This band they're about to play, they um they're 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 a good band I thought put out a good recording, um and um ended up breaking up and they are now trying to get back together. Did they call Chris? Yeah, they called him. No. That's how he knew. Yeah. All right. So this is um our friend Chris. He's in. He was in a band. He was in a band and may be back in a band yeah. called Paper Street. Well, no, he's saying he's doing it. He's not. Doing it. No, he's, <laughs> he's not, okay. not going to do it. <laughs> All right, so former lead singer Paper Street. <laughs> oh man, I thought I'd never hear that. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to dress it up as much as possible. So this is Everything's All Right by Paper Street.
Did you hear the stalker vibe? Yeah. 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 I paced the road till dawn. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> someone. <laughs> yeah, he won't tell me who though. <laughs> mm. Um. So yeah, would you know? I was <laughs> I was playing. I was like, you know what he could do? He could pull a Freedom Williams and just start doing Paper Street songs <laughs> during his own shows. <laughs> And see if uh, and just see if anyone tries to stop him. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, uh, cease and desist. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, that was Paper Street by that was Everything's All Right by Paper Street, and it's on our B two T Y H T. I know that person playlist, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess technically I know the whole band, but yeah, yeah. All right, so um, that's going to do it for our show. So, um, Ben, can you tell the people where we can be found? You can find us at by the time you hear this dot com. Oh man, I was gonna say dot com and I overthought <laughs> it. Um you can find us there. You can find us on Podomatic, you can find us on Facebook at by the time you hear this. Well at Facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Spelled with the word you. You can find us on Instagram at by the time you hear this, spelled with the letter U because we're upstanding especially- and not United. Yeah. Not United Airlines. Yeah. Especially since we just, uh, you know, bombed Afghanistan. Uh, we're very upstanding. Um, cause I don't want to go to war, man. I don't want to get drafted. Um, and we're, we're podcast makers, man. We can't go to, we can't go over there. We're weak and stuff. And that's why you can find us on tune in radio. Cause we're yeah. weak. <laughs> tune in radio, Google play cast box, Satchel podcast player. I mean, we can get on the Armed Forces Network and just like broadcast about the war. Yeah, we could be the next Good we'll Morning have to Afghanistan. That somehow. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch Good Morning Vietnam and we'll be Good Morning <laughs> Afghanistan. I can do that. Good Morning Syria. Um, and you can, uh, yeah, you can, and you can email us at by the time you hear this at gmail.com, spelled the same way as the Instagram page with the letter U because I repeat, we're upstanding. Um, and not United Airlines. And not United Airlines. Come find us. We, we, we'd love to hear from you. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy to hear that, you know, we have a top 10 episodes and, you know, a thousand downloads. And, um, I mean, we'll keep doing it. You know, I, yeah. I, I enjoy it. Greg enjoys it. So, you know, we'll until they kick us off the air, <laughs> until they <laughs> knock on the door and say stop, you know. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, I'll do it for our show. So, Ben, uh let's go with a, a song we have we also have the BTTYHT American Idol playlist which has mm-hmm. a song from all the winners uh, and then some other prominent so do you have uh, the winning the, songs or just a song from the winner uh, some of them are the are the 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 like that first single or whatever mm-hmm. not in every case uh, do you have what do you have from David Cook uh, the time of my life okay what about uh, Chris Allen? Live Like We're Dying? Let's go with that. I like that. All right. Have you heard the scripts version of it? Like no. the original? It's really good. But yeah, check that out later. So uh, play Live Like We're Dying by Chris Allen. And uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening. Peace. Peace.